Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running from networks and security to communications and 24-7 support. Our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com business. Blackfoot, connect to more. From the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Aaron Pignano of Exit Realty. It is Tutel Nuanez, 102.9 ESPN Radio, hour number two. If you missed anything in hour number one, you can go ahead and check it out on the podcast, the Tutel Nuanez podcast, everywhere. Don't. F- got a hot take for you. Keep going. I got one for you. Oh, boy. This is going to get exciting in here. Uh, if you'd like to uh, listen to the podcast, go ahead and do that anytime you'd like. You can rate, review, subscribe to it, then it'll come to you. And you can uh, listen at your leisure. The podcast available thanks to Blackfoot Communications. If you want to call, 361 3688 is the phone number. You can call or text. You want to send a text in, again, same number, 361 3688. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. And if you'd like to listen live on the World Wide Web, you can do that on the stream. It's at our website, 1029ESPN.com. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. You got a hot take. I got a hot question. You go ahead and go first. Okay, so we were talking about Gardner Mishu and uh, the Bud Light guarantee for fantasy football if people draft him. And I guess the Bud Light sweepstakes. It's a sweepstakes, yeah, yeah. Not yeah, a guarantee, yeah. but uh, sweepstakes. But uh, that led me to then looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars depth chart. And each year I always give you teams I think that are going to be better than people give them credit for and teams I think are going to be worse to give them credit for. Uh, Definitely nailed the Chicago Bears a year ago. Um, We were both in agreement with the Indianapolis Colts a year ago, despite the retirement of, abrupt retirement of Andrew Luck. My 
team after just scanning this quickly that's going to be better this year than they were a year ago is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. And the reason I say that, it, it doesn't have much to do with Gardner Mishu, although I do think what? I do think he's solid, and I think he's an upgrade from Blake Bortles, to be sure. So much of it centers upon Leonard Fournette's health because Doug Marone's just going to want to pound the rock. But they ha- have... Jacksonville gets hardly any national coverage, and they have sneakily added a ton of really good players to their roster. They signed Cam Robinson. He's one of the better left tackles in the entire league. They signed Tyler Eifert. I know he's been really hurt, but when he's healthy, he's, what, a top six or seven tight end? I mean, he's not quite in that top three or four tier, but he's right there. He's in that second tier of tight ends in the league. He's a talented guy. He, he's, I'm amazed and mortified that he's going to play football. I, I, I totally agree. He has gone through it more than anybody. They signed Chris Thompson, which, who is a great spell back for Leonard Fournette. They drafted Josh Allen out of Kentucky, who's the best edge guy in the country coming out of Kentucky two years ago. They also drafted Tavon Bryant, who's one of the best interior guys, and fell out of the top ten because of, uh, you know, whatever they say, quote-unquote character issues. But, I mean, he's a guy that was an All-American at Florida. Miles Jack's back healthy. They signed Joe Schobert, who led the NFL in tackles multiple years in a row during his time at the Cleveland Browns. They drafted the chasing kid from LSU, who was overshadowed by the other linebacker. Jason. But mm-hmm. he's uh, he's awesome. And I, I think that I mean, people would point to, well, they lost Jalen Ramsey, one of the best cover corners in the league. Well, but he was a complete and utter distraction for them down the stretch. I just think the Jags, they were lights out on defense two years ago when they were a really good team and won the division. And they're still, they still have a chance to, to be like that, even with some of the turnover that they've had. And I just think they've upgraded quite a bit on offense as well. I'm not saying they're going to be a Super Bowl contender or anything like that, but I do think they could contend in that division, to be sure. Here's my question. Can't believe we've spoken about this briefly before, but Arkansas is just Kansas with an AR in front of it. Yeah. Why isn't it Arkansas? Why isn't it Illinois? Right. Why isn't it Des Moines? It is Des Moines in Washington. There's a town, same mm. spelling, two-word deal, mm. Des Moines, not Des Moines. You ever been to Des Moines, Iowa? I'm trying to think. I don't think I have, actually. Sneaky, cool town. Yeah? A lot of culture, a lot of museums. It's there's some uh, money running around Des Moines, There's too. some money running around? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went there to cover Montana State at Drake. Mm. Uh, a long time ago, back, back that was when Rob Ash still had some ties to Drake because he had been there for 16 years in Montana State, often played, uh, I should say often, they had like a four-year set where it was a home, 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 and home against Drake. So I went out there because uh, I wanted to mainly see just kind of the roots of, of Rob Ash because that was when Ash had been had it really rolling at Montana State. So uh, Des Moines was a pleasant surprise, certainly. <laughs> I would say <laughs> this is, and I know that we have a lot of people from the Midwest listening. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Minnesota. And uh, I think I would be a big fan of Wisconsin, even though I've never been there. I've heard that Milwaukee's right up my alley, and all you Wisconsin people that I know are some of the funniest people I've ever met. That's right. But the the middle Midwestern states have done nothing but disappoint me. Mm. So I was pleasantly surprised that Des Moines was cool, because the rest of my adventures in uh, the middle of the Midwest, eh, not so good. Now, you can shout you can shout about Des Moines and the pronunciation, but, I mean, isn't it French? I mean, it's it actually another language. Sure. I don't know about Illinois. I don't know what that thing is. Yeah. What I am saying, though, is it's not Topeka, Kansas. It's Kansas, right? And so how is it that this is the same dang name with a couple of letters in the front, and it changes the pronunciation to the end? It shouldn't, and I am convinced that Kansas is correct here. 
and it should just be Arkansas. I mean, there's a lot of uh, jokes that are pretty much all inappropriate that you could make about yeah. uh, the, don't, the reasons behind don't, it. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's 2 Telenuanas, 1 of 290 SBN Radio. Coulter, I know you like the NBA. The NBA is on. We're getting set for Clippers Mavericks tonight. We will send you at 6.30 over to the bowl for pregame. Opening tip of Game 5 this series tied 2-2 after the sterling performance turned in by Luka Doncic in Game 4. I know you got plenty more you want to talk about about the season, about this postseason. Go ahead. Tell them about your book. Uh, so the book of the day, this is from my library. For those that have been following, we have my sports library right here behind me. variety of sports books that I have read that have influenced uh, my path to where I sit right now. But today's book is called Assisted, an autobiography on John Stockton, arguably the greatest pure point guard in the history of the NBA. Several guys have... It just depends on how you define or which or how much you want to use pure point guard in your analysis. But no question, one of the greatest basketball players of all time and probably one of the greatest stories in terms of where he came from, what he was gifted with or lack thereof, and then what he became. Mm. I had the distinct privilege of being around John Stockton more often than I ever thought I would be around him because... When I was still working at the Bozeman Daily Chronicle, his daughter Lindsay was playing for Montana State. Mm-hmm. And then when I started Skyline Sports, that was when Lindsay was a senior. John had helped out with, and in some cases, been one of the main cogs in coaching the Spokane Sandpipers, which is one of the best club teams, club basketball teams in the city of Spokane. And they draw quite heavily from Gonzaga Prep and some of the other public high schools, but they also have always recruited girls from Montana, particularly girls from Western and Southwestern Montana. So that group, Lindsey Stockton and uh, some of the other gals that were from Washington on that team had played club ball with Peyton Ferris, who went on to become the Big Sky MVP, with Alexa Dawkins, who was a Bozeman native, but who had ties to Spokane, and so they, they had known each other for a really long time. And so then when Trisha Bidford lost an assistant on her staff sort of late in the process before it was going to be this group of gals senior years, John Stockton goes to Coach Bidford and says, well, you know, I wouldn't mind helping you for a couple months. What do you think? <laughs> Pretty. Let me just think about that. Sure, sure, we'll do it. <laughs> but it, it's amazing, you know, There there's all sorts of, of – ways to draw the attention of your players as a coach and there's there's a ton of figures right now even in the state of Montana that are very good at that but there's my brother took my brother Brooks who's my partner at skyonsportsmt.com he took more pictures of John Stockton coaching on the bench where the entire bench is utterly captivated by what he's saying that I've ever seen of any coach ever. And this guy was only on the bench for three months. That's the gravitas he had with the players. And of course, you're going to listen to John Stockton when he's telling you. I mean, you he does have do a little bit of street cred. He absolutely does. <laughs> We've talked a lot about what's going on in our country in terms of the social unrest and a lot of the racial injustice that's been happening. And there was another horrific, unspeakable incident that happened in Wisconsin over the weekend. But I think that uh, prejudice, the, the, the term prejudice often is made synonymous with racism, but that's not necessarily true. The term prejudice is only 
used to in the in the definition of prejudging. Sure. And that's one of my favorite parts about analyzing the NBA is I think that there's been a couple guys that have gotten away with absolutely murder in the league because because of what they look like. Steve Kerr is one of the most ruthless competitors in the history of the NBA. Just throwing bows everywhere. I mean, Steve Kerr fought Michael Jordan in practice. Steve, <laughs> well, I don't I know mean, about that. Michael Jordan he used Steve his Kerr. face as, yeah. a, as, as a receiver but right, but right. For, for, for Mike's he, fist. But he obviously stepped to Jordan because Jordan's yeah. not just going to slug you unless you're going back at him. Yeah. And Steve Kerr, I mean, he's he's so eloquent when he's talking in the media and he's been a member of the media it, it, during the ins and outs of his ins and outs of his career but he also has some of the biggest meltdowns of all time and he's also one of like the most vulgar profane coaches in the league when he's really losing his mind yeah and i think that that's where john stockton is peerless you look at him he's nothing he's tiny flanders i mean he's five foot 11 160 pounds i mean he's wiry the dude is ruthless yeah he he I mean, in my opinion, he's pound for pound the single best on-ball defender in the history of the league. I mean, he's the all-time leader in NBA history in steals by a wide margin. Mm. he just take the ball from you. And I, I'm saying, I mean, there's better guys in terms of overall defense because, you know, Scottie Pippen's 6'7", 220. He's not, he's not yeah. 5'10", 155. No, I get you. Stockton can battle with anybody, and I really think that he was underestimated for the duration of his career. And it made him become one of the all-time greatest players. I mean, if you look at John Stockton's stats, here's a couple of John Stockton stats, and then we'll get into this NBA segment. Number one, he played all eighty-two. He played at least thirty-five minutes a game, all eighty-two games for seventeen seasons in a row. Mm. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He also he had so many assists to just Carl Malone that if you only counted his assists to Carl Malone, he would still be the third in right. NBA history in assists, not to mention the other 7,000 assists that he had. Yeah. He's so far out in front of Magic Johnson and Jason Kidd and the other all-time assist leaders. I think it's the record that'll never be broken. We're never going to see guys average 15, 16 assists a game like John Stockton used to. Do you still think that? With like Doncic? Yes. No, nah, I, I do because Doncic is going to, I mean, Doncic is, Doncic is already averaging 30 a game though. Yeah. I, I mean, Stockton had a couple like 14 and 17 years because yeah. he was literally just giving it up. Yeah. He was only shooting open shots. So book of the day from my library assisted by John Stockton, a great story about a Northwestern guy who made it big, just coming from Spokane before Gonzaga was anything. And uh, an awesome story uh, just about never believing the perception that people try to pin on you, always just believing in yourself and being a, a unwavering competitor like John Stockton continues to be. Two tell me one, it's one of two ninety ESPN radio. End of the first quarter, the Denver Nuggets hold a slim margin, thirty three thirty two over the Utah Jazz. It is win or go home for the Denver Nuggets, who are down three games to one in this series. I uh, really would love for Denver to win this game because I would love to see these two teams continue to play against each other. I mean, this is a fun matchup to me. I love both these teams. Uh, and uh, and the, the level that Donovan Mitchell has risen to, uh, but also to be pushed the way he has by Jamal Murray is just, just a blast to watch, man. These are two, these are two really... They're good teams, no question. There's a lot of talent on these teams. But unlike, and we've talked about this elsewhere, these are two fun teams to watch. And sometimes, you know, what, what styles make fights, right? Okay, to just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to just grab the really low hanging fruit. Um, but you get two teams. You'd have one team that is great to watch, but they can 
it can be turned into just a, a you know a, an ugly grind if the other team chooses to play that way. Says that that's what they want to do. Both these teams though, been going up and down. I mean, you're talking about you know over 30 points a quarter here and to 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 get things going. It's been a lot of fun to watch these two teams play, and uh, I hope it continues. Nikola Jokic lighting it up. Eight of eight in the first quarter, including five of five from three. He's got <laughs> 21 <laughs> points, yet the Nuggets are still only up one. That was an amateur segue on my part. I picked the John Stockton book because he played for the Utah Jazz because I wanted to get into this there game because I well, have a bunch of questions for it. you All right. about this game. But first and foremost, the, the way that the NBA has evolved since the decision and I've always been one that has always tried to reinforce to f- people that follow the NBA that super super teams are the norm, not the exception. Mm-hmm. They always have been. It, teams just used to go about it in a different way. But also, the playing field was never level. The Celtics had national scouts when no one was even scouting anywhere outside their little region. So they were able they were being able to handpick players from everywhere. And even when the Celtics were winning championships, they were still drafting guys like. You know, Bob Cousy. <laughs> so it's not as if the play, just because free agency is a, a relatively new thing and the potential quote unquote collusion and, and the camaraderie between players. I mean, once upon a time, Kareem Abdul Jabbar demanded a trade to LA so he could play with Magic Johnson. Once upon a time, Wilt Chamberlain demanded a trade so he can go play with Elgin Baylor and Jerry West. Super teams have been a part of the NBA forever. That said, I think that the overwhelming narrative in the league is you either got a tank to get multiple top five draft picks and try to build like the Sixers did. And I know it hasn't worked out for the Sixers. We're going to get into that. The strategy wasn't wrong. The construction of the team was what was wrong. But now it seems as if the the number one way to chase a championship is to clear the cap space, be willing to pay the luxury tax, load up on top 10 guys, and make a run at it. That said, I love the Jazz and the Nuggets because I think that they have drafted their superstars. They're invested in those guys. And now when they make moves, like the moves the Jazz made this last offseason, getting rid of Ricky Rubio, bringing in Mike Conley. That's a great move, not because of Mike Conley's prowess as a player. And I know Mike Conley has struggled quite a bit in Utah, but it's a great move because of the way that it enhances the harmony and chemistry of your team. Mm. I hate teams just because you can win 45 to 50 games in the NBA if you have a couple of the best players it doesn't mean you're a good team doesn't mean you have good chemistry doesn't mean you're fun to watch and it sure doesn't mean you're going to be good in the playoffs enter Houston Rockets but I just love what these two teams are doing and I think that they have great moves so my question for you is right now I think that it's unquestionable that the Jazz core is Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Those guys are who they're going to ride with for a long time. And I think that Joe Ingles is affordable enough that you keep him around as a great role player, no matter who you might add. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he doesn't have much left, I'm afraid to say, much as I love Mr. Ingles. I mean, I don't think he's... He's only 32. Well, yeah, he's 32. Uh, and then the, the Nuggets, I think they're certainly rolling with Jokic and, and Jamal Murray. Michael Porter Jr., I think that if he can stay healthy, is a great piece. And actually, Jeremy Grant has been a revelation. I think that he's been an awesome addition as well. But if you're these two teams, what's the missing cog? What You don't have to give me a specific guy, but give me like a style of player or maybe a couple guys who are kind of mid-level guys that you think would accentuate these two teams moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for for Utah, you have, I mean, 
Utah would love to have the distributing point guard, right? And they've looked for that, but it can't only be that. That's why Rudy Gobert, Ricky Rubio, or excuse me, Ricky Rudy, Rubio didn't work out. Sure. Uh, and Mike Conley, I've loved Mike Conley, and I'm bummed that he's not played well and also been injured because I think Mike Conley is great. Uh, but you know that they seems like they're hunting after the right thing. I also think that a you know a a a long shooter, and not not a three ball. I mean, physically a tall, long mm-hmm. shooter of the basketball mm-hmm. who's not a rim. You know, not in and around the rim necessarily, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know, a six eight, six nine guy that's a, something like a stretch four, but that can bang it a little bit yep. would also be, you know, an, another great option to just again create spacing, create mismatches uh, on that basketball team. And they got a little bit of that, but they, you know, that's something that I think that they could they could go with. It a lot of it depends on what you think the best way to use Donovan Mitchell is. Yeah. Like we know for sure what Ricky, uh, now I did it again, but but uh, what Rudy Gobert is, right? Yes, I mean, he's right. a rim-to-rim, great rim protector, unbelievable defensive player, and he's great in the painted area with the basketball. Donovan Mitchell can be, no question, a just a straight-up number one point guard if he wants to be. He's also great as a two-guard. He's great wherever you want to use him. He's got an unbelievable skill set, and so how do you maximize not just him, but maximize his contribution to what you're doing. And and I think those are, once you answer that question, then you know what it is that you want to do. How about the Nuggets? I kind of think the, I think the Nuggets are in business, man. See, I, I, I think that they're missing a shooter, though. I mean. Jamal Murray is a, he, he's a create-his-own-shot guy, but they need a catch-and-shoot guy. Because imagine, Jokic is so good at finding guys cutting to the rim, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine if he had somebody that where you cut to the rim and then he can kick it out. Yeah, I mean, anytime you could, I mean, if you got a straight up knockdown catch shoot shooter, it's a good thing for for your team for the spacing. But I mean, I think Michael Porter is going to be really good. I do too. I and do too. So, as long as he stays healthy, well, of course, the back surgery is concerning, but he can, he can shoot it as well as anybody in the league for a guy who's six ten. I mean, he he was he was a. I mean, maybe a top five pick. Oh yeah, there was there was a lot. I mean, there was, there was, he was some number one overall. I mean, talk and he was he him. was at uh, moments in time he was ranked as the number one high school player in his class. Totally, and uh, and and I think that you know he I think they they got him at like sixteen or something like that, and you know took a chance to take the great talent with the questionable you know physical situation. And he's come back and and played and played well, and I think has a ton of potential. But if they, I mean, that's a young core to have between Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and Jokic right there. I mean, that's 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 a heck of a group, and you can pair a lot of pretty useful pieces with those three. It seems to me. I, I love what the Nuggets' overall strategy is here because they can roll out these lineups where. You know, Murray at six four and a half is the shortest guy on the court, and they can even play a lineup where Jokic runs the one, and they can surround him with guys like Plumley and Grant, and and even Paul Millsap. But that's where I think that they have a pivotal decision coming up in Denver because Paul Millsap. People forget this. Paul Millsap, I believe, is the ninth highest paid player in the entire NBA. Paul Millsap's making $30 million this year. Good for Paul. It is good for Paul, but he's he's 35 years old, and he's certainly, I mean, he's probably just going to retire. Right? I mean, this is his 15th year in the league. I just don't think that 
he might get some sort of veterans minimum, but that, this is it. This is his last year as a big earner. Yeah. So you're going to have a lot of cap space. So as far as upcoming free agents go, there's a couple guys that really jump off that I think could be great additions for either of these teams. I think a Danilo Gallinari would be a great addition to either of these teams. That's kind of what you're talking about, right? Like a stretch four, six foot nine guy who can pick and pop and shoot it. Yep. I think that would be a good one. The other guy who's going to be a free agent who I think is a sneak could be a sneaky addition to a lot of different contenders. He's already on a contender right now, but he could be a sneaky addition, especially in these two systems, is Goran Dragic. I think he could mm. be awesome. Mm. That would be a great fit for either Utah or Denver, I think, moving forward. And then the last guy uh, that's going to be a free agent coming up here that I think that would be a great addition uh, for either of these teams. <laughs> You're going to love this one. Fred, Let's hear Fred it. Fred Van Vliet. Yes. Fred Van Vliet would be sweet on either of these teams because <laughs> he doesn't need to steal any attention from those guys, but he's also a big game player, and he would be awesome. Stu Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick update. Damian Lillard. Uh, this is from the official uh, Trailblazers Twitter. Uh, hasn't had an MRI. It has come back as a knee sprain, and so that is good news. However, he is out for Game 5, and so that is bad news, and that very much feels like the kiss of death for the Trailblazers in terms of, I mean, if they can't beat the Lakers, the I mean, they may get demolished by the Lakers since Game 1. Uh, not good to not have Dame in there. So uh, there's your update on Damian Lillard and game five of that series is tomorrow. Take a quick break. On the other side, Buda Baker is the highest paid safety in the NFL. How did that happen? At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, connect to more. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are well. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're happy to be with you on this, uh, you know, what is for us a midweeker. That's right. Coulter and I out Thursday and Friday, just so you know. Fear not. We will be back with you on Monday. Uh, but, uh, you know, fantasy football beckons. Uh, Coulter, speaking of football... Buda Baker just signed a contract that makes him the highest paid safety in the NFL. And Buda Baker coming out of the University of Washington was uh, certainly a, a guy that was expected to be, I think, uh, a good player in the league, a starting safety in the league, and he's proven to be that. Uh, and maybe even a little better than just that. I, I think he's a really good player. I don't know that he's a top 10 safety in the NFL at, at this moment right now, and I am a little bit sort of surprised that the Arizona Cardinals went out and made a deal like this. I mean, I understand when guys 
are up that they're up and you, you know you got to decide whether you want them or not and maybe there's some developmental stuff where they have expectations or maybe it's a scheme situation that he fits really well but the Arizona Cardinals even with some really good personnel were just dismal on defense last year I think they were 28th in total defense a season ago and you know not a good team basically all the way around they're a team obviously that's building that's why they had the first overall pick two years ago and got Kyler Murray with it but um, where did this surprise you? This this contract for a guy like Buda Baker to put him in that at that level, that caliber of of uh, you know of payday. The, my initial reaction was yes, it surprised me quite a bit because I think Buda Baker is a good player. I think he's very productive. I think he gets the most out of his natural talents. But I think his natural talents are not nearly what a lot of his peers are. I mean, we look at even just just think of just the other guys that are in his age group that have come into the league. He's not as good as Derwin James, nowhere close. He's not as good as Jamal Adams, nowhere close. He's not as good as Micah Fitzpatrick. It might be a little bit closer, but he's still not as good as, as yeah. those guys. But then, upon some further thinking about it. To me, this comes down to scheme and the marriage between offensive and defensive scheme, which has become of paramount necessity in the college game. And we're starting to see that trickle into the pro game. For so long, everybody in the NFL just ran pro style both sides of the ball. And you just try to get favorable matchups for your elite players and just let it roll. The the whole concept of playing a cohesive style hasn't really been in the books. You just try to play as good a defense as you possibly can. You try to control the clock as well as you can. You try to put your, hopefully if you have one elite quarterback in a position to win the game for you with five minutes to go in the game. That's just kind of what the NFL has been for a really long time. I mean, we've had multiple guys in this studio that, I mean, Blaine McElmurray and Shan Schillinger, you could have traded their quotes talking about transitioning the NFL. They both said, Scheme in the NFL is way easier to learn. Mm-hmm. It's just that it doesn't matter because all of a sudden you're guarding freaking Julio Jones. You're yeah. not you're not guarding the dude from you know Weber State. So it's a, a different deal in terms of speed of the game. But the the concepts are not that heavy. But then you look at what Cliff Kingsbury is doing, and it's either going to be a really successful experiment or it's going to blow up horrific in Arizona Cardinals' face. But they're going all in on it. They're running a college style offense, which is not as uncommon. In the NFL these days, there's a lot more spread concepts in the league, period. But they're they're more no huddle and more spread than anybody else in the league. They went out and drafted a guy who is no question one of the great athletes in the world in Kyler Murray, but had a ton of question marks because of the offense he ran in college, how small he is, a variety of things. But what the Cardinals have done is they're trying to build a hyperactive defense that mirrors the spread offensive style that they play. We see this at a lot of the spread schools in college but it's a little bit different when you're recruiting to it than when you're trying to build it at the pro level. But the reason I think that they went all in on Buda Baker is they could, first of all, they tried to build around the honey badger. They tried to build this thing around Tron Matthew. He left and went to Kansas city. Well, then you look at Buda Baker. He was really productive a year ago, over a hundred tackles. He was named one of the top hundred players in the NFL. So he does have some prestige, but what the Cardinals do, and they've actually done this a little bit longer than anybody else in the league too. They're the ones that sort of made it in vogue to play the 3-4 defense and have at least one, if not two, 
of your inside linebackers. And this goes against the conventional wisdom of what most football minds would have told you for 80 to 90 years is you run a 3-4 with at least one, if not two, of your inside linebackers as not oversized thumpers, but undersized guys who can run. Dion Buchanan was one of the first dudes in the league to play this. Now this is this, this position that's really gained a ton of traction. Pat, Patrick Onwaso from Portland State, he started for the Ravens. I can't remember who he signed with this offseason, but he's playing this spot where he's the quote-unquote Mike, but he looks nothing like the Mike linebackers of all of football history, the Brian Erlachers and Mike Ditkas and Mike Singletaries of the world. No, now these guys look like safeties because that's what they are is safeties. And I think that's where this Buda Baker comes in because Buda Baker – you might say he's not the best safety in the league because he's not. He's not even close to even some of his contemporaries, let alone some of the other guys in the NFL right now. But he's one of the only guys that I listed on all those guys that can play nickel, that can play inside linebacker, that can play both post and free safety. So I think his versatility, his willing to work, and his acumen is what gives them this deal. But also they needed that centerpiece. They had to sign him because they couldn't lose another guy that has the skill set because there's very few of them in the league. Well, four years, $59 million. Uh, is a lot of money. And I guess my question is this, like I can understand where Buda Baker might be more valuable to Arizona than he is to maybe any other team in the league because of what it is that he does and what it is that they want to be done. But also, football is cutthroat, man. It's a yep. business, as we know. And if you can sit here and make the case that, you know, well, Buddha, we love you. We know that you're important to us around here. But let's be honest, like you're not a top 10 safety in the league or you're not a top five safety in the league. We want to pay you. We're going to pay you. But we're not going to pay you four years and $59 million. We're going to pay you four years and $45 million, which is also a very nice payday. But like to make him the highest paid safety in the league is such an interesting statement because it is a statement. And it also, you know, cost the Cardinals – significant amount of money to make that happen, which presumably if they didn't have to spend on him or if they could have spent less on him, that you you know allocate those funds elsewhere for more or better personnel in other places. I mean, that's the nature of the thing in short, in a, you know, in layman's terms. So I, I am I I am not surprised they wanted to keep Buda Baker, especially after losing uh, uh, Tyron Matthew. I know that Patrick Peterson also has voiced at times recently some displeasure about Arizona and being there as a result of not winning, you know, and, and, and especially the defense being pretty porous the last couple of seasons. So it's, you know, he's a, he's, he's a hall of fame talent player. Patrick Peterson is certainly. And so, you know, you all of a sudden start to go, well, where are we at here with this, you know, with this football team? And so maybe it's, it's one of those things to try and reestablish, you know, a baseline of talent or something like that. Or maybe there's leverage we don't know about. I don't know. Maybe there's another team in the mix that sits there and says, hey, this is what we're going to do if you don't, you know, if you don't figure it out. I, I don't know the answer to that, but it still surprises me. The The way that the market gets set in the NFL and then how your contract, when it ends and when it begins, how that falls into the mix, it's so random, especially for the positions that aren't considered the quote-unquote premier positions in the league. Safety and middle linebacker are largely marginalized compared to some of the other spots in the league. Running back is a little bit... You think well. safety is? Definitely. No, I don't know, man. Like, it, it, it is not defensively your pass rusher, whatever that might be, and the shutdown corner. 
all but I think it is I think it's I think it's actually more prominent a position than it's been in like seven, eight years. I think it is coming around because of the versatility that I'm talking about. Yeah. Because you got you do have guys the, the spread's becoming more prevalent on offense, so you do have guys that can stay on the field and also step up, play in the box, play on the outside, play the nickel. But I, I just find it fascinating that I'm looking at the top ten safeties in the paid safeties in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a guy like Anthony Harris for the Vikings right now, he's the seventh highest paid safety in the league. He makes eleven point four million dollars. He has never been and will never be the best safety on his own team. Harrison Smith is. Harrison Smith, by the time he gets to his next contract, though, he's not going to be worth being paid top 10 money, probably. So that's what I'm talking about. That's where it gets sort of it gets sort of backwards, right? Like, I mean, would you agree Devin McCourty's better than Buda Baker? But Devin McCourty signed when the market wasn't as flush, and then yeah. he's had other guys like Kevin Bird for the Titans or Landon Collins for the Redskins or, you know, even Teron Matthew. These guys, they're good, but they're not better than... Devin McCourty, yeah. but the timing of it. It's just interesting that so often the top paid players in the league at their positions are the best, and also so often they're not. It, it's true, and I, I think quarterback is the the best example of this because to be the highest paid quarterback in the league, you just need to be the most recent quarterback play, paid in the league yeah. sometimes is what it feels like. Right. That's not always the case, though. I mean, there's plenty of guys who are not – setting the market as such and the fact that Buda Baker would come in and do that is 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 uh is is an eyebrow raiser to some extent. Sutel Nuanas 1029 ESPN radio. Take a quick break tomorrow. Huge show for you. Will Cherry gonna be on with us and we launch Grizz Grace the Silver Anniversary Podcast. I'll tell you all about it right after this. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. Welcome back as we wind down a Tuesday afternoon version of Tutela Nuanas. 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Great to be with you out there in the world. Thanks for being along with us. We are uh, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios, as always. And uh, if you missed anything in the show, you can check it out on the podcast. The Two Telling One is podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. Podcast is uh, out there for you whenever you would like it. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications. Uh, end of the second quarter, we go to the break. It was a one-point advantage for Denver at the end of the first quarter. It is a 10-point deficit for Denver at the end of the second quarter. 63-53. Uh, the uh, score in favor of the Utah Jazz. Utah win this game. They're off to the second round of the NBA playoffs in the Western Conference. So, uh, obviously, starting to get into crunch time in the first round. A lot of these series, a couple of them already over, right? But a couple of them, three games to one. Is is 
Mavericks Clippers is 2-2. Are there any other that are all square? Or is everything else like 3-1? I believe, let's see. So the Bucks have a chance to close it out tomorrow afternoon. They're up 3-1. Yeah, they're 3-1. The Oklahoma, Lakers are 3-1. Oklahoma City, Houston's 2-2. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, the Lakers go. are going to close it out tomorrow night, unfortunately. Um, and then, if necessary, Thursday's afternoon game will be Denver-Utah. That's if Denver can rally. Okay. The first game of the Eastern Conference semifinals is on Thursday. That's Boston against Toronto. Because that series is the only one that is finished. Mm-hmm. Great prediction by you. Exactly as I said. And, Brooklyn uh, in seven. And then, like you said, Dallas and Clips are... Uh, 2-2. All right, very good. And again, stick around here on ESPN Radio. Uh, just about a half an hour from now, 40 minutes, 6.30. Bottom of the next hour, we will send you to the bubble for the pregame for Clippers-Mavericks, which has turned out to be uh, the best series. I know the Houston Thunder is, is 2-2 as well, but in terms of watchability, intrigue, interest, this is the best series of the first round for sure to watch uh, the Clippers versus the Donchiches. I, I love the. Uh, it's too bad Lillard got hurt, and it's too bad Portland ran out of gas. Because I actually thought all the series in the West, besides the just atrocity that is the series that involves the Houston Rockets, <laughs> is great. I mean, watching the the last two games of the Thunder one, yeah. both Chris Paul and Shea Gilders Alexander took some outrageously bad shots, and you didn't even notice because they paled in comparison to how many bad shots the Rockets take. I I just can't handle it. Like when, when is when is the I, I get the analytics that have gotten them to this point. And I get that Houston, they won more games than anybody in the entire NBA a couple years ago when James Harden won the MVP. And But to me, it, it's just like when you can, no matter what it is you're doing in life, if you're doing it at a, a relatively extreme level that makes you unique, that gives you a chance to stand out. But if you keep pushing the extremes, it almost never works out in your favor. When Houston was doing what they were doing, but they had some like rim runner type guys that could, you know, do, Clint Capella. do fundamentals of basketball, like rebound and play defense and maybe protect the rim, like Clint Capella and, and PJ Tucker. I know PJ Tucker still plays for him, but he went from enforcer power forward PJ Tucker to a guy that just stands in the corner and it's just so dumb. But they've just gotten to this point where they thought that the way to continue to take the next step was to get more outrageously extreme. And now when you watch them, they literally stand around the three-point line for the duration of the game. They don't even run back on defense on purpose because they want a guy spotted up in the corner so they can throw it to him. They say, you can have a layup. I'll take my corner three. It's it's an abomination. It's so bad for <laughs> basketball. I can't believe that it's possible, though. Honestly, I think that right now there's some teams in the league that are doing it so right. I think that Doncic and Jokic, these guys are... They're changing the face of the NBA in such a positive way because they're they're reminding folks spacing, spatial awareness, passing, teamwork, the flow of the game. It's beautiful. It's beautiful basketball to watch. And then you watch the Rockets and you're just like, I have no faith in in any of this. This is just it's trash. You know what's good for basketball? Will Cherry. That's the truth. Will Cherry, boys and girls, is going to be on the show tomorrow, uh, the subject of our ESPN roundtable. Uh, Will Cherry, great to talk to him. We uh, did speak today, so we'll bring that to you tomorrow. But former Montana Grizz, three-time All-Big Sky player, a two-time Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Sky Conference, and uh, 
well, notably went to head-to-head with uh, one Damian Lillard, and you'll hear uh, those stories and plenty more as he's traveled around, played in multiple, I think five, six, seven different countries uh, internationally, mostly in Europe. He's looking to try and get to China now to uh, to continue his career and has had a great career and is really kind of in the middle of it. I mean, 29 years old, still uh, uh, right in the heart of his, uh, you know, prime and productivity as a basketball player so uh some 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 unbelievable fun coming uh, to you from will cherry tomorrow so look forward to that and also very excited to officially launch grizz greats the silver anniversary of the 1995 national champions podcast series it is our uh retrospective or commemoration uh from the the people who lived it the players the coaches the personnel around the program of the 1995 university of montana football team the first ever national championship in the history of the university and uh the first appearance in the championship game of seven over the next decade and a half which is uh, pretty remarkable and and a, a real turning point it was again both a a uh, cementing of uh of having arrived at the national elite program and also a foundation being laid for the future that was uh and is the university of montana football team so we tomorrow will uh, open Coulter and i have a little short episode for you just sort of setting the whole thing up talking about some of the some of the general uh, lay of the land stuff uh, uh surrounding the team what we're excited about but uh, episode one mick holine the former voice of the grizz uh who called the national championship game called the 95 season was the broadcaster uh, the play-by-play announcer for the grizzlies starting in 1993 for the football team he'd been with the lady grizz since 1985 but in 93 took over the football team and called Grizz games for many, many years, uh, both uh, football and men's basketball. Certainly a, a beloved figure amongst Grizz Nation and amongst uh, fans and, and was, especially at that time, well, you're not getting one double-A football on your television, uh, was was your in, was your window into the football game for a whole lot of people for a lot of years. And so uh, a, a unique guy, great storyteller, a lot of fun. And so we will bring you uh, his uh, episode tomorrow. It will be up and available for you again. Grizz Greats Silver Anniversary Podcast brought to us by Blackfoot Communications and First Security Bank. Look forward to sharing that with everybody. In breaking news, Giannis Antetokounmpo, for the first time in his career, the NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I saw that. And won, won handily that award. He did. He did indeed, and he deserves it because he is uh, one of the few players in NBA history that can guard on the perimeter as well as protect the rim like he can. He continues to establish himself as a completely unique talent. But make sure to tune in tomorrow because that Will Cherry interview is really, really good. It's really... Uh, it takes a... a certain personality trait to have that it factor that makes you into being such a beloved star. A lot of times, University of Montana, they always, Grizz fans, they pin, fan, fan. there's always a fan favorite on every team. And so often, it's, it's the underdog guy, especially when it comes to football. But people love Timmy Falls because he's just this small little guy. But I would argue that Will Cherry is the biggest fan favorite in Grizz basketball mm. over the last 15 years. He's the biggest true star that they've had. And it's because of his charisma, man, and it comes across in the conversation that we had with him. Certainly does. Great charisma, very engaging guy, and uh, and 
uh, full a full world traveler at this point as well. So some some great perspective from him uh, in that. So we'll look forward to that. Until then, enjoy yourself a little NBA playoffs game five. Clippers, Mavericks coming up for you in a half an hour. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We'll be back with you tomorrow. You tell anyone is ESPN. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.